Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. everybody and welcome to another those conspiracy guys this time we're talking about the very mysterious disappearance of a british diplomat called benjamin bathurst you wouldn't find him on many you know front page news articles this lad kind of slipped under the radar but his disappearance has spawned loads of science fiction stories uh, and like a swath of true crime mystery hunters trying to find out what happened to this motherfucker disappeared over 200 years ago so i guess there'll be nothing of them left to find now even if you did find the cunt but uh the political geopolitical uh, machinations surrounding his disappearance uh, definitely warrants discussion this is a those conspiracy guys true crime episode and i'm joined in the studio by a uh, irish comedian who has taken the soup uh peter flanagan how you doing, man? Welcome. Thanks on? Thanks for coming on the show. Tell us, Peter, you're a comedian. Uh, we've been talking before the show, and I realized that I didn't meet you when I was a comedian, and I wondered why. And then you told me it was because, like, oh, yeah, I saw you from far away, and you're really loud, so I didn't want to go near you. And then you <laughs> went to England to find I, I remember seeing you on message boards. That's my that's yeah. my recollection. I was a pup. You're a pup. Just given my, my silent vitriol. Keyboard warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. As, as you do. And uh, so you're, you're you're living in London, working in London, doing That's loads right. of stuff. That's right, man. Being yeah. cool as shit. Yeah, yeah. Been over there nearly two years now. Well, wow. Nearly two years. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. Uh, very different scene over there to here. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, meritorious and cutthroat. Yes. I think it's a very, very, very succinct way of putting it. If you do well in London, you're kind of, it's you're forged in a fire that will succeed you anywhere. I think you're definitely sharper. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Dublin's a great, uh, it's a great place to do stand-up and it's a great incubator. Mm. Um, but I think when you go abroad, it, it, it forces you to uh, to sharpen up a little bit. And that, that's kind of with any job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can yeah. be a builder in Ireland and be like, ah, sure, it's grand. And live, <laughs> and live on LucasAid breakfast rolls and hope. Yeah, exactly. And um, in, 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 in when, you, when, you, when you leave your home, uh, no one gives a damn about you. Yeah. No one gives a shit. So you really got to prove yourself. You really have to be good enough to warrant being in the room. I, I, I give up even before I went to London. <laughs> Couldn't handle the craft. So uh, we're, we're going to be talking about um, Benjamin Bathurst this time. Before we get deep into it, what did you know about him beforehand? Presumably nothing because nobody does. But uh, when you were looking through it, is there anything that like struck you that came out that jumped out at you? um there's mentions of napoleon there's mentions of you know uh, uh kings and and uh, spies did you think there was such an atmosphere of espionage around in those days no you wouldn't i, I you, seems like a more it, modern phenomenon exactly you wouldn't have thought that the 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 deep state would be so uh would would, would be so uh, prominent uh yeah. you know uh 200 years ago but apparently yeah. it was uh diplomacy seemed to be quite quite advanced and quite sophisticated 
Um, so that was a surprise. They sure. knew what they were doing, and there was a very volatile political landscape mm. at the time. You're talking about like before Italy, before France, before Germany, before the Austro-Hungarian Empire, Prussia, like all of these, all of these countries that we now know as what uh, the states that we know now know them as. Like they weren't properly fully formed at this point. Everything was up for grabs. For sure, this was a fucking the wild west of the of of Europe. Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm sure the people running the, the Prussian Empire thought it would last forever. And it makes mate, when you when when we look around today, Prussia will make Prussia great again. Yeah. <laughs> bring together all the Rhineland and make something really, really tremendous. Well, it, all the institutions and all the powers we take for granted today. Um, when you look back through history, nothing lasts. Absolutely yeah. nothing. I mean, uh, a, a, a man's greatness only lasts his lifetime. That's true. Do you know what I mean? That's true. Anything beyond that, and then you're kind of, they're, they're, you're talking about like uh, Donald Trump <laughs> sitting in Winston Churchill's chair and just going like, fuck you, Winston. <laughs> yeah. I just farted in your leather chair. <laughs> like Winston Churchill's greatness then from all the people who support Donald Trump has now been poo-pooed because he's like, he was a warmonger and he fucking, he was an imperialist and he took over loads of countries and all. And you're like, eh. But he also like defeated the Germans in World War Two. Well, did he though? And we, this is a, this is a separate podcast maybe. Yeah, sure. But like Stalin beat Hitler. Yeah, of course. The cold <laughs> beat the Germans. <laughs> Seasons. Yeah, yeah. Seasons. The, the weather. Time. Weather yeah. beat, beat, beat the Nazis. Um, but that's the, that's the thing like, uh, you can retcon history and that's happening an awful lot more lately. <laughs> mm. So when you're looking back on something like this, as important as the, 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 the fifth, the fifth coalition war, as we were going to talk about later on, but as important as the Napoleonic wars, and we will be doing stuff about Napoleon and those conspiracy guys. Cause you know, I love those big deep dive history stuff. I've got Vietnam war promised world war one, world war two, but we're also going to go back to, uh, uh, I guess like pre-European history, uh, the founding fathers do that whole 1700s America thing. Um, but Napoleon was a fucking awful cunt. No, a terrible cunt. And the stuff that he did ha- has the world the way it is today. And as we look more into the Benjamin Bathurst case, we'll find out that like espionage, d- double agents, like guys playing both sides, uh, Russian politics and the Tsars at the time. Like you could see how... Th- Things this, haven't changed much. The seeds of Bolshevism has been sown at that point. Like even in, in, in the early 1800s, there was dissent. The royals were being thumbed at um in france uh they were looking towards a more military like autonomous autocratic government they were like oh you know we can't rely on the goodness of people we need someone to tell us how to be and where to go and then in swoops napoleon he's like i'm gonna make france great again and it just seems like we may be repeating these things the abdication of freedom for security and you know this kind of stuff all crops up when you talk about something like Benjamin Bathurst. And as unimportant as he was on paper, it seems that the case itself and the surrounding environment was quite important. Absolutely. So we'll talk about that now. Go so, uh, Peter, the, the, before we go on, can people find you online? Where can people find you? Uh, find me at Peter Flanagan Comedy. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Please do follow me. Okay. Uh, we'll do all the links in the description below uh, for the people watching. And uh, I'll put them also in the uh, the podcast uh, description so if you want to go into your podcast app and you want to find peter just to look at his instagram see see his little face just so you can picture something while the the voice is going on i've had a lot of people say um when i post on instagram they're like oh is that what you look like fuck 
you didn't. You, it doesn't match the voice at all. I'm raging. So do you think you have a sexy voice? Is that a lot of pe- a lot of the ladies in America are like, oh yeah, do a seven hour show, and I, and then they'll see my Instagram and they're like, yeah, no, you're grand. Surely, Just, surely, kind of you know, bearded Irishman. Is that not a? Is that another look people are going for? The rugged, the, the Irish Catholic set Rogan type. Yeah, man. That's what they're looking for. If if Seth Rogan's mother was raped by a Viking, I yeah. feel like that's your Un, uncut Rogan. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool what they like. We're talking about uh, uh, Benjamin Bathurst. Benjamin Bathurst was born the 18th of March, 1784. And uh, he was a, a British diplomatic envoy to Austria, which is, you know, impressive on the CV. Mm. The son of the Bishop of Norwich. <laughs> he, he was. What the fuck is the bishop doing having kids? I suppose it's like Church of England, right? Yeah. Do the kids. Church of England have bishops? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. If the Mormons can have bishops... The Church of England definitely do. But, yeah, uh, for sure. But bishops here only get to have sex with kids, right? It's not like... Yeah, they don't have or... I, no, I think you can have sex with women. I think you can have sex with women, but you probably have to have them killed afterwards. Yeah, silenced. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, so this guy is, like, from from high society already. Mm. And he gets born into this diplomatic mindset. Absolutely. How, how do you fucking... How do you deal with that? I mean, you and me, we're, like, are we from... Paddy Potato stock. We're from just normal right. old families. There's no that's one. That's right. There's that's no lords right. in your family. No, no lords. Uh, absolutely not. But I feel like uh, in the like in in the you know the ninth early nineteenth century, if you wanted to see the world, you you couldn't just go on gap here to Australia. Yeah. You <laughs> basically either joined the military. Yeah. Became a priest. Yeah. Or maybe if you were lucky enough, your dad could make you uh, an ambassador stroke envoy. So it probably seemed like a glamorous lifestyle for this young man. Do you think that anybody who's like of serfdom couldn't just pack up a bindle on a stick and just fuck off to like Vietnam or somewhere? I mean, I guess you could. I mean, I guess the Had that the, been done? The, the border controls probably weren't very robust. You probably could just start walking. Yeah. Um, but would you survive? Well, you would probably you would you would you would you have a travel card? Would you you know that would, how 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 would you transport your money? Um, how would you pay for things? But even if you were just like some like bummy like eighteen year old, just like you know what, man, I'm fed up of like picking potatoes for the Lord. Mm. He's not giving us what we deserve, man. I'm I'm going to China. I heard there's a place called China, and they have like spices that you can smoke, man. Mm. And they I just think, up and go. You know? I think you don't hear about those people because they probably died almost immediately. There was the... Uh, the <laughs> they got a cut on their toe. Yeah. Like, scraped their toe off a thorn. Got and infected. Like, oh, that's it then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. There was the uh, Peasants' Crusade, of course. Uh, yeah, so the Peasants' Crusade was uh, when... Uh, I, I don't know which pope it was, but he uh, whipped the peasantry into a frenzy. Um, and said, "Look, if you go and uh, if you go back and and take back Jerusalem, you're, you're going to heaven." So the uh, peasants wow. across Europe traveled to uh, traveled to the motherland, traveled to the Middle East to take back Jerusalem. Is this like the 1600s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, it was called the Peasants' Crusade, and they were slaughtered. Uh, because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they they uh, curved swords and pointy shoes. Absolutely. Uh, those 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 who made it, I assume, uh, died almost immediately once they got there. Yeah. So peasants. Wonder, so my, my point is, peasants 
did. Yeah, you don't uh, fuck around. They did. They did go for long walks, uh, but I imagine <laughs> this is a this is a different time. Yeah, you, you you wouldn't end up like Tom Cruise in Japan being the last samurai or something like that. Just no, like, no, no. I, I love manga. <laughs> you end up there. Um, yeah, it's 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 a weird one. The Knights Templar. We talked with uh, Oliver Tempest on a, a show before here about the Knights Templar, and. Um, these these knights templar are like freemason guys these like mm. brotherhood they were there to to protect these peasants on their pilgrimage to the to the holy land so oh. you could end up you know if you joined the if you joined the templar knights you could end up seeing the world as well it'd be a great lifestyle it seemed that benjamin was a little bit jeez oh i don't know naive you think so was he a bit of a, a shiner he was a bit like hey my daddy's the bishop and i'm i'm adorned in furs and and gallantry he possibly didn't realize the danger he was in yeah, uh, and as well, though, I think you would be, if you're in that kind of upper echelons of society, you would be sequestered from, you know, arms for the poor, like this kind of Robin Robin of Loxley type carry on. Did you know, oh, fuck, what was the number? I think 53, that could be wrong, 53 TV and movie uh, uh adaptations of the story of robin hood are in the process of being produced right now of robin hood of robin the story around robin hood really even after the stinker with uh decimus maximus meridius What's his yeah name? russell crowe russell crowe's stinker uh they're going back and making it there's a tv show now robin hood is going to be the next big thing do you, do, do, is, is there just an appetite for this in the u.s i don't know i guess so it just seems to be one of those let's let's mine back through history for some cool characters yeah. they've already done rome they've done marco polo yeah and now it's about robin hood let's see yeah let's see what happens yeah yeah but i think that like uh the robin of loxley uh i'm a poor i'm a rich man living among the poor possibly for bathurst was a little bit elating you're like haha i'm i have a few bob and these lads are starving uh, i'm actually grand as a diplomat you're not really I guess thinking of the poor, you're thinking of your 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 royal roots and how to make the best deals to make sure that your people at home stay in power, which is like the definition of po- a politician, right? Do you just think, sa- do based on what you've just said, and we can get into this more a little bit later when we, we try to figure out why he died and or mm. what happened to him, you think he might have rubbed someone up the wrong way? I mean, that's definitely possible. Mm. You're dealing with some serious forces going on here, like world powers. And as much uh, as much power as like the internet has given uh, politicians and spies and, and, and these kind of uh, influential people now, I would imagine back then it's the same amount of influence, but just a small bit slower. Sure. You're waiting on a, an assassin's dove to land to be like, oh, it's a coup. Is that the sound that a dove makes? Yeah, is that a dove? It's just, a dove is like a fancy pigeon, right? Fancy pigeon, yeah. yeah I would imagine so. Yeah, for sure. Posh pigeon. Posh pigeon. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he, he, son of the Bishop of Norwich and he, Benjamin Bathurst, because we're doing the show, he famously disappeared into thin air on the 25th of November, 1809. And it baffled the British, the Germans, the French and the Austrians. And his, his body, so to speak, was never found again. Can you imagine a lad of such high import on a mission for Britain in Austrian country? Fucking Kaiser Sozet disappeared. Puff of smoke. Puff of smoke, as they say. Mm. Now, we'll talk later on about how they may have found his remains, but like potentially this guy, as the legend goes, came out of a pub, walked around the horses to get into the carriage. The lad driving the carriage was like, Benjamin, are you? Benjamin? And he just like. He was gone. Gone. Mad. I don't don't know. I don't know. There's been so many like spurious allegations, so many uh, like uh, so much conjecture. 
we, we don't know what happened to him. But Bathurst, his history, he was, he was uh, from a very early age, uh, a, a diplomat, apparently since he was 17. Like at 17, can you... He was 25 when he disappeared, right? Yeah. So that, he, 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 had about eight, he had about eight years of experience. I mean, mm. He should have known what he was doing. He should have known how to look after himself, right? But at the same time, like, I guess with life expectancy and experience and stuff, if you're 25, is that like today's 40? I guess so. Do you know what I mean? I guess so. Like a 25-year-old today, if you sent him on a diplomatic envoy to yeah. like South Korea or North Korea or something like that, it would just be like... Man, I'm 29 and I've man. committed no espionage. No. Nobody's ever tried to kidnap me. Not that you know of. You could have unwillingly passed messages along. You don't know. You think I could have maybe brought down mm. a, a central European empire? Maybe? No, but I mean just passed on. It was through social engineering, passed on some information somehow. Okay. okay. Someone will tell you So thing. someone has mined my Facebook for information that could be used quite, to bring down... Quite possibly. A, ...a foreign government. It doesn't even have to be on a governmental level. You could have been told a secret that nobody else knows and then you just told one person and that leak got back to the original person and they were like oh now I know that one can't be trusted you know ah, this kind of stuff okay I guess alright could be I, I, still, mean, I still feel insecure about my achievements relative <laughs> to uh, Mr. Bathurst <laughs> he's 25 and he's bringing down countries yeah uh, uh, and Peter's like oh my Facebook got hacked yeah, 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 I don't have a Wikipedia page. He's got same. a Wikipedia page. <laughs> he does. Know? He does. a lot of stuff on it. But uh, yeah. like, he seems to be only famous for this. There's not a whole lot about his achievements as a diplomat. So I think no. maybe, um, as the royals do, they rock in, give a fucking an old wave, a salute. They're like, oh, yeah, the British are on our side. Cool, okay. And it's like, okay, I'm off home. Bye. And then they go home. It's not really, he wasn't really adding to the conversation. Maybe, maybe, maybe he didn't want to be a diplomat. Maybe his dad forced him into it. And maybe yeah. he ran oh, away. Maybe he faked his own dad, death. Dad, you can send me to France. Like, he's pure sick about it. Yeah. Like, he, he oh, put, Austria again. What would have been, like, a cool thing to do in those days? Like, join a flute band? Yeah, be a lute player. A lute player. A traveling yeah, minstrel. Yeah, 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 yeah. As I travel the roads of England, Benjamin, what? Put away the loot, like. Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't go to the Edinburgh. There were no stand-up clothes. You would be a jester. Maybe you really wanted to be a jester. You know. Maybe he changed his name and moved to uh, moved to Constantinople. I can imagine being a, a stand-up comedian. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Good to be hither. Um, <laughs> where are you from? Oh, here. Yeah, it's so weird. Imagine being in these like, What do rough, you do for a living? Oh, oh, you're the king. You're, you're a serf. <laughs> yeah, it's mad. Um, he, he, very young, like like 17, being told, you know, on behalf of the Bishop of Norwich, who was uh, the Secretary for Foreign Affairs at the time, uh, and the relations between Austria and Britain were like wavering uh, because of this Austro-Polish War of the Fifth Coalition. We talk about it in a little while. Like he was really, he had it up to him to go over at twenty-five to mm. Austria to tamp down some fairly like innocuous sentiment against Britain from Austria and the former Austro-Hungarian Empire. For sure, man. Like some shit was leaning on him. He uh, he he married young. He married the daughter of a wealthy landowner in eighteen o five called Felida Call. And uh, he he was bopped off to, to Austria, left her at home, and the object of his visit to Austria was basically like basically an espionage mission to encourage uh, Emperor Francis II, who was the leader of the Holy Roman Empire, to declare war on France and soften up Napoleon's forces. Because Napoleon job. was tromping around the place at the time with his hand in his pocket, feeling like a big man. The Brits didn't like it. 
they were they were I, I mean dutifully worried mm. there was a, there was an empire uh, uh, gathering um the Napoleonic Wars were in full fling and uh, there was little pockets of of resistance that were being squashed all over the place and Austria with the support of Rome against France and Russia starting to push back and like Austria had come from a huge empire to be squashed down to a very small country from the the east and the west so I mean if you let them get their shit back together uh, some some something could have gone down and what was Bathurst's pitch well how, how did he... he 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 came in and just went look you guys have to fight back against the French uh, we can collectivize all of the Rhineland states in Germany and make this whole kind of uh, uh, middle Europe resistance to uh, a dual attack from both sides. I mean, France had all of that sea area. They weren't. They were fighting in uh, the Mediterranean as well, taking over places in North Africa. Like Napoleon was all over it. Mm. Russians were doing the same. Cossacks were tromping through all of the stands, through the Georgia, Ukraine. Like the Tsar, Paul the First, I think is the Tsar. Uh, he was a he was a pure cunt at that point, and we hadn't got into we hadn't got into the the Romanov like the the stalwart Romanovs, the Alexanders, and the and the, the Romanovs weren't around at this point. Not at that point. So we mm-hmm. hadn't got okay. like we hadn't got like uh, uh, Big Daddy Nicholas the first, and then Alexander, and then like Pussy Nicholas the second, who gave yeah. it all up. Like these boys were like, it. oh, he blew it. Paul was bopping around, like taking over all these countries, sending around an army to basically go into villages, kill all the men, take all the kids, brainwash them into being like Russian Empire and training them up as like soldiers with no remorse to police the people of their own country. So they were fighting against that. Britain was basically going, yeah, we don't want that to happen here. And it had so much stuff like, uh, you know, we could go through all the stuff from 15, 16, 1700s where they're being attacked and attacked. Like, you know the crack. Sure. Um, so they want to stop this I kind know of what thing. it's like to be attacked. <laughs> yeah. Britain Britain is is going look at. We want to we want to show that we support Austria. We're we're hedging our bets. We're not siding with France. And basically the empire or the the emperor signed off. The Holy Roman Empire went, "Okay, we we'll back you." Austria and everybody who was supporting them went against the French and Holy Roman Empire. Would that have been based out of the Vatican? I mean, is Yeah. That, you're we, talking about that that whole area, but that they're kind of um removed let's say militarily and geographically from uh like italy hadn't been formed at that point so it's right. a whole a series a whole of kingdoms s- yeah set of states or mm. fiefdoms or whatever um so there was no unified italian army uh, but they had certain areas that were i guess f- had fealty to the holy roman empire it was still a very catholic situation sure. but they didn't want rome to be taken over and that was the 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 we talked about it on our vatican episode about how the Vatican were pulling strings politically across the whole of Europe and were always hedging their bets, betting on the winner. And then when the winner came knocking at the door and went, so we take the Vatican or... Because, like, you have a lot of fucking gold in there. And they're like, no, we give you some of the gold. And you uh, you say, uh, fuck off. So they did that. They bought off these armies to survive all through this whole area. Um, so, yeah, basically Austria took a swing at Napoleon and Napoleon just stamped their their fucking bitch asses out uh destroyed austria um the, the the austrians had to abandon vienna and by july 1809 this uh war of the the fifth coalition was w- like well underway and they were defeated at what was called the battle of wagram and after this loss 
and some bad di- diplomacy carry on. Uh, Bathurst was told, come the fuck back. You fucked up. What did you do? <laughs> Wrong Who moves. sent him back? Huh? Who sent him back? His, his father and the people back in London were mm. like, come on back. Come okay. home. Uh, get home safe. Now, if you're reading into it, maybe this was the whole idea was to totally destroy Austria so that it never could come back. Like, why would you support Russia and France? Russia still had dealings with England at the time. So mm. Russia and England were friendly, but Russia and, or England and France weren't. Right. Like, there was all this, uh, I guess, spurious allegiances, questionable military actions. Okay. But this War of the Fifth Coalition was, was fought in 1809 by a coalition of the Austrian Empire and the United Kingdom against uh, Napoleon's French army and uh, 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 cooperative states in Bavaria as well as uh, some of the, the Russian forces. And they made this, there's a, a, a treaty of Tipperich where it's basically like the secret thing of like, okay, so you Russian guys, uh, let's say if we go to war, uh, you'll have our backs on the eastern, uh, on the eastern coast. And the Russians are like, well, of course, but don't tell, uh, don't tell King uh, of England, okay? Say nothing. And it was like this secret thing. And this movie is what Benjamin Bathurst was killed for. You think there was information in his papers that had information about that particular uh, uh, allegiance? Hmm. So this peninsular war, uh, where where the Walcheren campaign that went into the Netherlands. Uh, the Austrians were tromped over, certain states in Bavaria were tromped over and then ended up becoming uh, uh, loyal to France. Um, like loads of areas were being taken over in this Fifth Coalition War. And Austria was like the biggest casualty because of their, I guess, insolence towards the French Empire. And this Treaty of Schönbrunn was the, the harshest that France had imposed on Austria uh, ever. Uh, and this was a diplomatic, massive diplomatic failure on the behalf on the on behalf of like Bathurst and these guys in England who were ma- who were trying to make these rules. Um, the Habsburg Empire, where I get my lip, apparently this is called a Habsburg lip. Really? Yeah, I've been told by family members who have researched our lineage, our heritage. There's a there's a there's a Rochford lip. There's a, a Habsburg lip. This is called this particular genetic permutation of of lippage. And that's it. Runs in your family. Yeah, wow. uh, Rochefort as well. Ro- Rochefort, Ro- part Rochefort. of Rochefort. Rochefort. Uh, one of the one of the French uh, Merovingian families, wow. allegedly. So they say. Yeah, one wow. of the thirteen. I mean, like I don't, I don't have the Jesus look about me, but that's what they say. But you got the Jesus lips. Yeah, those uh, those those lips for kissing the cross. So uh, um, Archduke Charles. Uh, uh, um, from from Austria basically wanted to preserve this Habsburg Empire, um, because it had lasted for a couple of hundred years. Austro Austro Hungarian Empire was huge, owned everything. Uh, this is after the Macedonians were were kind of uh, uh, sucked back into their area, and uh, Habsburg was like a huge empire. There's still members of Habsburg lineage in uh, uh, English royalty. There's German royalty in English royalty in English royalty like it's all very I guess what we incestuous not incestuous because they're not I related think it's incestuous. incestuous it's yeah. incestuous like yeah. they're going okay uh, your daughter will marry my son and mm. my other son will marry your daughter mm. they were swapping kids to try and make allegiances between these royal families and for stuff. sure for sure uh, sax Gothenburg also you wouldn't want the, your you wouldn't want your kids to be marrying any old schmo you know you want yeah. you want you want them you want them to marry royalty also like Meghan Markle yeah 
absolutely. I think she's class, man. She's great. She's great. She's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. But what I mean, the Queen's probably like, going to have her killed. I mean, that's 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 what they do. But yeah, she's just not dunking into any cars, Megan. Mm, mm. Do you know, we've have a show on Princess Diana. Hundred percent was the Queen. You reckon? Hundred percent was the fucking English Secret Service. Uh, how 100%. did they, how did they orchestrate it? They just said there's no way that the ex princess was going to be having a Muslim baby on your bike. She was so, removed from the French hospital, and her 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 womb and everything was removed and bleached out and all because she was pregnant at the time allegedly. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Lord of mercy. Lord of mercy on Princess Diana. Check that episode out. It's fucked up, dude. It took him an hour an hour and 15 minutes to drive five minutes to a hospital. They were going real slow because they said her blood pressure was so high we couldn't go any faster. I was like, no, man, you were giving her a hysterectomy in the back of the fucking ambulance. That's insane. It's a conspiracy. So, uh, uh, what do you think about the Saxe-Gothebergs being in the royal, in, in the Windsor family? Like that uh, Prince Philip is a Saxe-Gothe... I think it well. It's it's it's. It, I mean, it's, it's like fairly well. It's, it's, it's fairly well known. I don't think it's well known amongst the British public, though. I don't think a lot of them realize that their their royal family are, are German. Did you see the? Did you see the the pictures of Prince Philip walking with the Nazis in the twenties and stuff like that? No, I didn't see that. Them. I yeah. mean, I saw I saw uh, Prince Harry posing as a Nazi at as a fancy dress party, um, perhaps unironically. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't think Philip is known for his uh, progressive views anyway. No, I know, but when you put it next to that whole German lineage and then the whole Nazi stuff, it's like, ah, yeah, but sure, how could he be any different? Absolutely. Do you know? Absolutely. Uh, yo, Harry, you're not bringing her around here, are you? She's she's going to be on some, some China soon. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say he was happy about that. No, no. He doesn't seem like he'd be happy about a lot of things. What do you think Meghan Markle would have said? When she walked in, like, how you Philip? I've heard how you feel about the jockeys. <laughs> she's not that black. No. I mean, she's, she's you know, she's... Uh, she's pretty black, though. She's quite black. Like, darker than he would like, I would imagine. Sure, sure, sure. Do you think um, there was words? Um, I would say there was... Uh, I, I would say there wasn't words, which is, would be worse. <laughs> Getting blanked yeah. by, your, by your nanny, the queen. Yeah, I would say it was uncomfortable. Um... But I guess they were, I guess, I mean, he, he hardly just presented her one day. They must have been somewhat prepped. <laughs> he, I doubt he just brought her home one uh, one evening, you know. I'm sure I'm sure they got a heads up. Yeah. You know. Here's the picture. Do you want to watch Suits? Here she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Prince Philip thinks it's great. Yeah. You know? Maybe. Maybe. He's just like got over that whole lifetime of prejudice. Yeah, 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 just yeah. Shook it off. He's like, you know what? If Harry's happy, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. people people can change in their old age. Absolutely. Well, with this whole push from from Napoleon's France into Austria to teach, basically, to I, I I think to teach them a lesson for for trying to you know reach out and 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 act a pup, uh, they ended up losing three million of their population. Uh, which three is the, million. Yeah, well, one fifth. Of the total population, we're, we're slaughtered. Uh, not slaughtered, but like uh, uh, subjugated, enslaved. They they did this like gerrymandering of oh, the I areas understand. of Austria. They didn't just kill three million. No, people. no, no. There was hundreds of thousands killed, but like the, they they lost three million of their potential countrymen. Popul- yeah, the population by, the, by right. the changing of borders and stuff like that. So like. They basically went. You're not f- gonna fucking do that shit again. It was like uh, you know the Treaty of Versailles or whatever, where they just totally 
over punish them yeah yeah totally like uh, castrate their power mm. and just go okay well you lost all this part and all this whole thing and um so austria was kind of fucked after this and bathurst was told by london get the fuck out come home now in the space of four months all this happened so you're talking about july to maybe like september october coming into november and in november he's told dude you gotta get home for christmas does he does he i mean he didn't get a tweet i mean did he get a letter that's the thing it's taken a week or two for stuff to get through because people are going to have to go through a war-torn germany Mm. or they're coming through the other side through uh, like uh, 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 the mediterranean coming by sea Mm. so by land or by sea it's still pretty rough because you got to get around through napoleon's uh, um uh, i guess adriatic forces Sure. Is that what you're talking? The Adriatic Sea to have to come through? Yeah. So you're coming through Malta. Like, big French uh, uh, Navy there trying to stop lads coming through with a fucking letter for Bathurst to go, come home to England. Like, tough. Tough fucking country. Uh, or you can go through, again, like Robin Hood, like uh, a Bavarian wild men country where there's lads that, do you remember at the end of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and the lads come over and like, like German madmen. I haven't seen it. Some weird Celts, uh, uh, like dressed in furs and their hair, uh, faces are painted. Like, that's the country you're going through. Sure. Uh, it's like the, do you watch Game of Thrones? Of course. So it's like the the the, the lads beyond the wall. Yeah, the wildlings. yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you're talking about. Germany, like full of wildlings. Sure. Um, And you're carrying a little, a little note, a little wax ribbon, like, Dear Benjamin, please come home for Christmas. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they would. Yeah, they w- they would have. So they sent a spy, probably, to bring the spy home. Yeah. Um, extraction. Extraction. Yeah. Um, so they sent. They, they they said. And he was told to go one route, and he went another. That's it. They said you have to get out of here. Uh, let's fucking go. The emperor has made a boo boo. Austria is getting squashed. So you got to leave Austria. And on, on the leaving of Austria, they had two options. So they could go to, through the Adriatic and take a ship home from Trieste via Malta. Or they could go through the, the Bavarian state, like reasonably neutral Germany, um, these, these Rhineland states, to the port of Hamburg uh, and get out. So like he, they went in disguise because he didn't want to be recognized, obviously. But the Confederation of the Rhineland had no business keeping him either way. Like they weren't going, if he was caught, they weren't going to, Say, oh, Bathurst, we've been looking for you. Like, they were pretty neutral, but it was rough country. Okay. Full of a lot of poor people, full of a lot of people who were being, uh, I guess, like, ravaged by war. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly displeased with the carry-on in the rest of Europe. And they were looking at, like, places like Paris, places like Berlin, places like uh, uh, Munich, and these cities that are very close to them, and going, like, why does everybody have shit there? And we're out here eating our own shite. You know, sure. Like, like a massive gulf of poverty in Germany at that time, mm. uh, and this all led, of course, like to the unification of Germany and people going, "Okay, we'll do it." So just like, totally keep your people down until they're at their last ebb, and they go, "Okay, we'll give you our independence for a bit of fucking bread or something like." So this was, you know, a modern equivalent of, uh, if not a failed state. I mean, he's he he he's he's traveling through the equivalent of a of a Syria or an Iraq in, yeah, right in, now, in, in exactly. modern in modern uh, to put it into a modern context. Yeah. he's trying to get through Venezuela. Ban- he's trying to get through ban- Venezuela. He's yeah. trying to get through bandit country. Yeah. Um, um, so he does it. He does a whole like put on and a disguise, he, and, and make up a name. But his disguise is of a rich guy. 
that like if I was trying to get through Venezuela right now, I wouldn't be like, I think I'll make myself uh, look like uh, someone who you should definitely rob. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about that until just yeah. now. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. genius, mm, made up mm, a separate mm. identity. Yeah, I'm traveling through Venezuela. Maybe I should look like a dandy. <laughs> What's my most expensive coat? <laughs> what looks the what's the most expensive looking outfit I can wear? Or even the name he gave himself was a, a, a Baron. He, he said my name is Baron de Coke. Is what he called himself. It's not exactly. Uh, what's your name? In, oh, Baron de Coke. Yeah, go with Dave. Yeah. What's your name, Alan? Yeah. <laughs> Something normal. Where'd you get that coat? Found it. Found Nigel. That coat. Yeah. I'm Nigel. It is a bit mental though, like when you're when you're talking about diplomats going missing. Uh, uh, There's other famous diplomats have gone missing over time, like uh, Guy Burgess and Donald McLean disappeared in the fifties. In 1951, those guys gone from the British Foreign Office, and people were like, "The 1950s." In 1951, where the fuck did these guys go? Yeah, and then very soon after, they turn up in Moscow, and uh, they confess that they were spies for the Russians since World War Two, and people were like. I knew they went missing for a reason. Sure, loads sure. of stuff happened in America too, uh, and then and then some of you know some of the more modern day stuff like uh, the poisoning of Litvinenko or, or you know envoys from Russia. Very recently, we've had a ginger siren has infiltrated the American R- Republican Committee. A ginger siren. Yes, Talk a ginger Russian lady. Her name escapes me right now, but you can look it up. And she was into, like, has infiltrated the NRA, has infiltrated all of these typically conservative, typically Russian um, organizations, mm. uh, ingratiated herself to the members therein, and then extolled the virtues of the Russian state and the Russian way of life to these people and said, well, Russia's not bad. It's not the worst. Come on. I mean, we like guns, and she represents the Russian version of the NRA and the Russian version of the Republican Party, and she's she's been lamped over the last couple of days as part of these. I was telling you about the thirty five thousand seats. Sure, 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 sure. So she's been lamped now, and her picture is everywhere. Mm. Um, so these spies are still active today. You just don't. They very rarely come to the fore. Or they're called lobbyists. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, money talks mm. at this point. Mm. Um, maybe it's not done as espionage; it's just done as yeah. I think I I, I think I think there's business. espionage and there's just a plain old lobbying, yeah. right? Well, those, I mean, money talks, bullshit walks. Like these mm. guys are coming in with an agenda. It's very clear. It's all on paper and it's all quite public. And still, people don't uh, people don't realize that there's machinations behind every decision. Absolutely. If a politician is suddenly flip flopping on some on some you know political topic they're like ah did he just change his mind no money sure i mean yeah i mean even even our friend bathurst wasn't uh you know he wasn't an assassin he wasn't even collecting secrets he wasn't a spy in in what we might associate a spy being he was a man for money he was he was there to uh influence people in the same way a lobbyist would today he was he was there he was there for influence he was not he was not trading secrets or perhaps he was um, I mean, information comes with the, with the, with these guys, these lobbyists. Like, if you ever watched uh, my first introduction in my life to how American politics can be influenced by lobbyists was the Eddie Murphy movie, The Distinguished Gentleman. Have you okay. ever watched it? I have not seen it. It's excellent. Okay. And it shows about, like, you know, that this cl- there's a clean air bill or there's something on tobacco or there's something on, like, uh, uh, coal. You hear Trump now going, like, clean coal, very reliable coal. <laughs> 
It's because there's loads of coal in America and they don't want to have to pay to import any other types of... So they just sure. fudge the numbers. Like uh, we talked about in our Monsanto episode about how basically Monsanto as a as a subsidiary of Bayer, which is, you know, previously called FG Farb and a German Nazi medical company, um, how Monsanto comes in and creates a scientific uh, uh, research paper to prove something safe that they know is not safe but they fund it and then it looks like it's a separate company saying yeah this thing is totally fine like the way coca-cola would pay money to some company to do a research paper into the fact that sugar actually doesn't cause like cancer right so so i figured out lobbyists yeah that's what they do they just throw money at stuff to make it true or whatever For so sure. you, I, you know we don't know the exact um, well, I can't find the. Ex- I'm sure historians can. I can't find the exact reasons that Bathurst was in Austria, but it seems his his modus operandi definitely was to get Austria to engage in some kind of military action against France. For sure, possibly for the purposeful retaliation of France to separate Austria off into certain sections. Mm. Like, why would the English want that? Is it you know? That's a, that's another show for another day when you're talking about for Napoleonic sure. Wars. But like, yeah, man, how these guys can get out and do their diplomatic duty around the place. Um, on the 25th of November, 1809, Benjamin Bathurst disappeared and there was worry for his life. They thought he was killed. But the information that he carried was also important. On the day of the 25th of November, Bathurst and his German courier, a Herr Krauss, were travelling back to London uh, under pseudonyms, as we said, Baron de Koch. And Krauss t- took the name Fischer because he's like, I just like how it sounds, Fischer. Yeah. And he's he's the one who didn't disappear. He took the he he he, he decided I'm not going to call myself a baron. That's yeah. insane. I I know my place. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. the driver of the of the carriage, and uh, they were ha- they were in a horse drawn carriage, and they stopped at this town called Perleberg, just west of Berlin, and they went into this nearby inn called the White Swan, the famous White Swan for a bit of grub, and uh, and a kip and some new horses for the carriage, some fresh mm-hmm. horses. Uh, so there was a small room that was set aside for these two boys at the inn, and Bathurst is said to have spent some time in that small room with his jacket off, with his cloak off, which will be important in a minute, uh, writing letters, maybe writing letters home, possibly writing letters to his good lady wife, which we'll find out later on too. Uh, and they'd ordered these new horses, but the horses, for some reason, were delayed, Peter. Mm. That's just, that makes me suspicious. They were delayed, and, and on, not until 9 p.m., were these horses ready to be put on their carriage? And then the two boys were called, and Bathurst and Krauss left this room. Bathurst left first, Krauss left second, and as they left the inn and, and rounded where the horses were to go into the carriage, Bathurst reportedly went around the front of the horses to go in the other side, and then as Krauss stood up on the little, uh, uh, whatever it is called, the caddy part of the carriage to sit on it, he looked over the thing and there was no sign of, of Benjamin Bathurst. He, he had, in the time it took for him to walk around the carriage, he had disappeared. Uh, somebody, somebody had been watching them for some time. I, I would imagine so. Like, there's, there's that particular detail that I found, that they ordered fresh horses, and at a place that I would imagine is made for that kind of thing, that they'd have fucking horses ready, they were like, no, no, for the Baron, we have no horses. And they had mm. to wait there for hours and hours. They had a room set aside, presumably, I guess, because Bathurst was of the type. He was, like, shaking his fucking coin purse around. He had, like, some, some you know, pins on his jacket. He had a very expensive cloak. I'm sure he's not hiding his, his wealth. Sure. In a village of, like, peasants and criminals, they're going, 
who the fuck is this lad? Yeah. Has his own private room and he's writing letters and all. Some some baron has asked for fresh horses. Words getting around. Um, he's there for hours waiting. He's there for hours waiting. Darkness falls. A plan is hatched. Mm. Uh, he's robbed. Perhaps they figure out mid mugging that they're not just messing around with uh, some uh, commercial trader here. Oh crap! Where we've just we've we're, 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 we just mugged the British monarchy. Exactly. We or got, an envoy. We got we got to kill this guy and disappear. Let's get he needs to disappear, mm. and we need to disappear. It's like it's like uh, it's like uh, you know you start a fight with Billy Bats in the thing, and you're like, "Hey, he's a made guy." Oh shit! You're not supposed to kill a made guy. Fuck him! And they're just like dancing on his feet, like Robert De Niro. Sure, this is a guy people are going to look for. Mm. Let's make him really hard to find. Disappear him. Um, so his disappearance was understood to be of a robbery, uh, and then maybe a murder. Because, like what Peter said, they, they realized who the fuck he was. And Germany, at the time, filled with ne'er-do-wells, bousy krauts, and just bald pups mm. looking for a few bob mm. and a nice coat. So Bathurst, traveling as a, 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 a like a baron, as a, a, what would you call him? A, like a commercial traveler, commercial trader. Yeah. Uh, just a rich guy with a nice jacket. And um, there's loads of like similar, you know, uh, highway banditry in Prussia at the time. Well known, and this is probably why London went go the other way, Ben. Don't come through Germany, you clown, with your fucking fancy jackets. So it took a few weeks for the news to hit England that that Bathurst had disappeared, uh, and Krauss even managed to get to Hamburg without him. Um, Henry Bathurst, who's the the Bishop of Norwich and Benjamin's father, was informed officially by the Foreign Secretary at the time, Richard uh, Richard Wellesley, not until later on in December. So in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Benjamin's wife Felida left for Germany immediately uh, when they were when they were informed uh, in the second week in December, and she tried to find him. And she and her traveling companion Heinrich Röntgen arrived in uh, Perleberg, and they were greeted by the investigating officer at the time, uh, Captain von Klitzing, who was in charge of the investigation. Now, after being notified late, of course, Captain von Klitzing ordered an extensive search, and the report was that Bathurst had vanished of his own accord just disappeared hmm. van klitzen's like yeah he probably went out one night and met you know a nice bavarian maid with a hefty bosom and that was that it supports our theory that he wanted to become a loot player stroke jester <laughs> yeah. and chase his He's dreams like, finally my chance screw you dad yes i've met a beautiful blonde german lady and she's willing to travel to vietnam with me <laughs> and who knows maybe he fucking did do that Maybe, maybe. Fingers maybe. crossed. I, I, I do hope that he ha- he found something happy rather than a, uh, you know, a bop on the head. Mm. Uh, but there was no reports of you know witnesses robbing him or kidnapping him. By all accounts, at the time, people thought yeah he just disappeared on his own of his own accord. The river was dragged on the behest of Captain von Klitzing um, the day after Christmas, and his fur coat, which was very valuable, was found the day after that on the twenty seventh of December in an outside toilet of a local family called the Schmitz. So they had an outhouse and they found the coat there. Days after that, two old ladies were out scavenging in the woods. I don't know, looking for nuts and berries. A few miles north of Perleberg. That says a lot about the town that yeah. he was passing through. They were out that looking old for food. women just go scavenging. Old women go scavenging in the forest. Mm. This is not a place he should have been flashing his cash. I don't think so. And if you did have cash, maybe like the cash that he had wasn't of the country. But, like, he had a lovely coat. Mm. And people would swap a couple of cattle for a coat. I don't think it was, like, it was wealth. And they just take, like, oh, that's a shiny thing. Yeah. 
Do you know? Like a diamond would be like, oh, I could buy half a farm. Someone would want it. But these two old women were scavenging around in the forest. They found a pair of Bathurst's pantaloons. So these pants were in an area that were previously inspected by von Klitzing's men. So they're assumed to be planted there after the fact. Mm. Strange. They also had bullet holes in the leg, but no bloodstains. So he wasn't wearing them when he was shot. So who, why was there bullet holes in them? And why were they not there when von Klinzig's men looked? And why were they there afterwards? And more mysterious than that, there was a soggy letter in the pocket of these pantaloons written by Bathurst in pencil to his wife, where he told her of suspicious potential attacks by this guy called, quote, a certain de entregres. Now, I don't know how to say that in French. Do you know French, Peter? Not at all. Okay. De entregres. De entregres. No, that sounds weird. De entregres. Let's say it like that. Uh, this would that this certain disentrogress would be the end of him, and he doubted he would ever return home, and he begged her to remarry if he didn't come back. This is all in this letter that was found in these pantaloons. So maybe that was like, who knows? Potentially Bathurst was like, I've disappeared now, and nobody can find me. Fuck! How do I know? Um, he wrote a note, put it in a pair of his old pants. Put two bullet holes in the leg to go, yeah, it'll, it'll seem like I'm shot. And then he left his own pants in the forest for someone to find so he could disappear into happiness. Become a loot player. It's unusual that if he was concerned about his life and he was concerned about what was going on, he didn't relay any of this to uh, to the other gentleman, Fisher. Fisher was left in the dark. Yeah. Kraus, I think his name is. Kraus was yeah. the real name. Why? Why? Why not tell him? Why not tell him? Surely, there, surely his life was equally in danger. Maybe not. Maybe Kraus is like a working stiff and Bathurst was the lad with the fucking pomp. Mm. Maybe it was a thing where he didn't want to tell Kraus for fear of him eventually bottling and telling the bishop when he got home. And maybe this is a thing of like, he, 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 he wanted to just disappear. He was 25. He was in a life of basically diplomatic indentured servitude where he had to do as he was bid by the crown and his father. And he was just like, you know what, fuck this. I'm finally away. I'm in a place where I can go. I'm going through the worst of times. I've just been in a fucking war with the French for six months. Sure. I'm out, man. Sure. Put put holes in his own pantaloons and wrote a fake note to his wife that he wasn't really into anymore and fucked them out in the woods. Like came back and planted them himself. Well, somebody planted them there. because Maybe he went a, back to Austria. Maybe it's something going on there. Maybe there's maybe. a woman. It's always a woman, isn't it? Or a guy. Or a guy. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe that's the whole reason he was like, my, my father can never accept this. So he faked his own. Faked his own death. Maybe they weren't bullet holes. Maybe they were like over energetic, like dick entrance wounds. You think he had. Trying to get into it. He was so horny on his route home that he was, his boners were uh, piercing his Boring pantaloons. Pot, pot, you don't know the way pantaloons were made back yeah, then. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe someone else's dick was making holes in his pantaloons. Gross. Yeah, maybe. Fisher. Oh. We're breaking the case here right now. I think we might be. I'm just speculating on the fact that these pants were put back in the forest with bullet holes in them, with no blood and a note saying, marry someone else if I don't come home. Seems fucking suspicious. Who yeah. would do that shit? He's basically saying, my interpretation of that would, is, would, uh, marry somebody else. I've already found someone else. She's in Austria. Is that what you would think? I mean, that's my interpretation of that. Would you think that in a, in a village of basically like, you know, uh, uh, starving serfs, would you think they'd have enough wherewithal to write that note and come up with that convoluted story and you they, they, they first of all most of them probably don't know how to read or write never mind uh be skilled enough to like forge his writing style 
So how did is that what he was writing when he was in the inn on his own writing a, lo- a, a letter to her? He put down his pantaloons, then he got bopped on the head, and they were like, "Oh shit!" They're, they're, the cops are all over the place. Let's just take his pantaloons off and throw it out so they know he's gone. Sure, could be rudimentary criminal behavior. He he might have been taken out to the uh, to the forest to be killed, but you don't want to bury a body with clothes on, though. No. That's the other thing. So they might have buried the body, thrown the clothes away. Maybe. 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 Well, the letter that was found said, basically, marry someone else if you don't come back, and accused this guy, Desentregues, of wanting to murder him. So this Desentregues could have been the Comte Desentregues Louis-Alexandre de Launay, who was a French diplomat and a spy during the Napoleonic Wars. And he was in his early 50s at the time of Bathurst's disappearance. And he was well-traveled and well-trained. Mm. Now, this lad goes deep. He was, he was dismissed by King Louis XVIII because he had willingly betrayed the French crown and divulged secrets to Napoleon so he would be released when Napoleon was taken over France. After this banishment, the Zontragues lived in Vienna and the Tsar Paul I of Russia paid their way to live in Vienna in exile from France. In Vienna, he became friends with Prince Delin and Baron Gustav Armfelt, the Swedish ambassador to the Holy Roman Empire. So he was fucking rolling with the high rollers of these guys that were orchestrating basically a whole takeover of Europe. And this lad was in as a spy with these boys. And he represented Russia all through the early 1800s after changing over his alliances and betrayed the French and the Russians when he released a pamphlet against Napoleon in 1806 when he was expelled and then moved to London and made best mates with George Canning, the British Foreign Secretary at the time, and the Duke of Kent, one of the king's sons. Since that's rolling high in the French, Russian, and English royalty. Wow. Top-tier shit. Well-connected. So, it's believed that this lad revealed the details of what was called the Treaty of Tisset, which was the agreement between France and Russia at the start of the war. And it was all these terms that they had come up with each other to maybe plans of attack. There was, you know, uh, treaties of peace and certain areas were like boxed off. Like, you don't invade there, I won't invade here. And nobody knew that this was going on for the start of the war. And now the British knew the crack, which could have been potentially the reasoning behind sending Bathurst to Austria to tell the emperor to start the war, to, to make the changes in all of these, you know, European, what would you call territories? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So with that information, Bathurst is sent to Austria with the information that the Count de, Le, de Lornay had, Louis-Alexander de Lornay had given the British. The British gave it to Bathurst. Bathurst brought it to Austria. So he, on his way back through Germany, had this information. And if it had been found, maybe the French and the Russians didn't know that de Lornay had given that to the British. And he needed to fucking silence Bathurst get rid of him and get his notes back so that the French and the Russians wouldn't light on him so he would be able to get back into society like he was already exiled from both but he wasn't a marked man he was just like get out of here you pup that makes sense but Bathurst was yeah. his smoking gun mm. and it had started a whole section of, of, of military advancements all the way through Europe so this is the like the best motivation for Bathurst's murder that I could find right this Delarnay guy so he, like Bathurst knew so much about all sides and maybe he 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 tried to silence him but he himself Desentregues and his wife um, themselves were then silenced in 1812 by an assassin who killed them both with a stiletto a stiletto that's what I read now I don't know if that's a sexy shoe with a high heel or if it's a special type of weapon that the sexy shoe is named after it's absolutely a sexy shoe so they were sexy shoed to death they were sexy shoed to death 
at could age that just be, 53. Could that be kinky sex gone wrong? <laughs> no. The two of them got their own, like, she didn't, like, kill him and then kill herself with a stiletto. But maybe they employed a dominatrix who got too into it and uh, stood on their faces, uh, stood on their eyeballs, went into their brains. You talking about, like, ball squashing? Uh, or, I'm, like, face stepping? I'm thinking, I'm thinking stiletto into the, through, through, the, through the eye socket, into the brain. I didn't look into the specifics of the death. I just heard stiletto. Mm. So maybe... You heard stiletto, got an erection, you, you and fill that in, was the end yeah, of Yeah, I, I had to step away for a moment. But you could fill in the gaps yourself. I, I, like, I mean, it, it very well could be. Still, the fact that they were murdered very quickly after all this debacle and before the end of the Napoleonic War, it seems that Bathurst was kind of essential in, in, in that transaction. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. the information and... The case was brought up like, oh, this guy's attached to this guy and you, your name was on the letter. Like, if you're leaving a fucking letter saying someone's trying to kill me. Well, this is, I mean, this is how you tie up any dodgy piece of work you're doing, right? So, Oswald shoots Kennedy. Yeah. Oswald gets done. Uh, and then the mob fellow who shot Oswald. Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. Uh, dies shortly answer shortly after in prison. Right? All, all tied up. Yeah, so maybe there was something similar going on here. I would imagine that's happened so many times with so many people. Mm. Same as Princess Diana left a note to her butler saying, uh, "I think Prince Charles is going to kill me in a car crash." In a note that's real, and you can go and read it. Really. And then she dies in a car crash. Wow. Yeah. They know what they're doing, these lads. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe <laughs> maybe this entry case was the was the key to this whole thing. And any other speculations are, are, are mere falsehood. It, it could have been some espionage that was ordered, an ordered hit. It sounds like that letter um, that Bathurst wrote is very unlikely to be forged. Because why would this French gentleman implicate himself in the letter? Um, and then the, it sounds like the townspeople would not be educated enough to, as we said, read and write. Or decipher the fact that who this guy was. Like, I only found it by chance today looking mm. through some old stuff on JSTOR. Like, the alternative would be that there's somebody else that wants to get this Antrigues on the chopping block for it. They wanted to get him fired. So it could have been somebody from the French side who had killed Bathurst and went, you know who's an enemy of his? This Antrigues. Let's get this guy and put him on the piece of paper so that the British don't like him anymore because he's taken haven in Britain and we can't get to him. And this is the only way that we can get the British to turn on him and kill him. Maybe they're not uh, bullet holes in his pants. (laughs) Maybe there's holes. Oh, Peter Flanagan, ladies and gentlemen. Cracking cases. 200-year-old case. We're going to keep Solved. you on, kid. Whew. Raise. So the, the next theory, the next hypothesis, uh, is that the Schmidt family, who were running the bar of the White Swan, gave him, uh, gave him a going over. Took his nice jacket. Von Klitzen investigates, and he quickly showed that August Schmidt had been uh, working as a stable hand in the courtyard of the White Swan on the night Bathurst disappeared and claimed that his mother had stolen Bathurst's coat and hidden it in the outhouse of the family home that it was found in uh, uh, a couple of days uh, after Christmas. Some people argue, however, that in a hurry to leave the inn and after going that long time waiting for the horses, Bathurst just wanted to get the fuck out and he left the inn forgetting his coat behind him and Smith just picked it up after he'd left or disappeared. It was like, well, this fucker disappeared, so I'm just going to take his coat. And then two, three, four weeks later, it was found in the toilet. She went, well, he had disappeared and I just, I was just sitting there and I took it. Like, we've all been there leaving coppers and you find somebody's ticket on the ground. You're like, I don't wear a Nike jacket, but I'll find someone to wear it. Years after the disappearance, a woman called Frau Kestern said that Bathurst came into a coffee house where she worked and August Schmidt came in just after 
and Bathurst had left. August Schmidt came in and went, hey, did that fucking, was that Bathurst lad here? And Frau Kesterin was like, yeah, yeah, he just left, relax. And she's like, okay, and ran out after him as if, quote, she was going to do him, da- uh, going to do him harm. Hmm. Uh, after questioning the Smiths, Von Klitzen This said, is the original investigator. This is the guy who was on the case straight away. Hmm. He, he uh, uh, questioned both mother and son, and they were both sentenced to eight weeks in prison for the theft of the coat and no further. Huh. So it was only the coat. Imagine. A reward was put up then by a visiting English bereaved and uh, 500 thalers, which is the currency of the time. I don't know what it's worth in modern days, but I guess it's a lot. It's like a few months wages as far as I could find mm. uh, for the local at the time. Uh, 500 thalers was offered for information. This obviously, as, as if you would now put up a million dollars of a reward for information, produced loads of false reports and police misconduct. And eventually the police ended up going, here, give me that money. And the police did take the money and then made a load of false inquiries and false investigations and, you know, basically gummed up the whole works, fucked up the investigation. And they did get the reward, but so many false reports and faked investigations made it really impossible to discern any kind of truth from this case. And all the the evidence was gone Uh, at enormous expense. And after two full months of searching in March uh, 1810, uh, Bathurst's wife, Philidia, widened the search to the whole surrounding area of Perleberg uh, and had trained dogs, trained personnel, army guys, British guys, French guys, uh, German guys, everybody looking for this guy. They found nothing. So she traveled to Berlin and then to Paris to see Napoleon himself and ask what of her husband's fate. And Napoleon obviously denied everything, even though it could have been him totally that order about her execution or at least the robbery of the documents to impl- implement D'Agostino. De, uh, de Quite brazen sti- by her to go meet Napoleon. I um, mean, she was married into royalty. Like, her her father-in-law was the ex-foreign secretary. Like, so mm. she could she could roll with, with the high rollers. Yeah, but her, her, her missing husband had been, uh, you know... Uh, famously missing, though. That's the thing. Yeah, famously missing uh, husband had been uh, moving against Napoleon. Yeah, I would imagine it was pretty cheeky. Yeah, seems a bit cheeky to me. Mm. But good for her, brazen. I mean, she's just looking for the truth. Yeah. And Napoleon being like a warlord, he'd just be like, yeah, so what? I killed him and what? So she'd finally get a bit of peace. Like, Sure. It's strange. Um, could it have been Napoleon? Though? Like, it, it, it wasn't unheard of for him to arrange espionage-type kidnap missions. Uh, Napoleon did have one situation where he got this guy, Sir George Rumbold, uh, who was taken under guard to Paris because of papers he carried. And in 1804, he dispatched 250 troops to go get this Rumbold guy. Bathurst was believed to be in possession of dispatches that would reveal Britain's clandestine activities and the names of agents inside of the continental system. Hmm. So there was a list of spies. This is like the WikiLeaks of the day. is a list of spies that were in operation in Napoleon's region or, or what would you say, like a, a jurisdiction. Mm. He had a list of the people who were going to fuck him up. So he's like, right, get that Bathurst lad. He has a list of the boys that I need to find. Of course, if he's going to put 250 lads out on Rumbold's ass for some documents, totally could have done it to Bathurst. For sure. So a very, a very legitimate possibility. Mm. Uh, and then finally, a clue that you found uh, when you were looking through... That's right. You found, they, your, uh, you, found, you found your smoking gun. They found a skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was only a few yards from the White Swan. Uh, it was under the threshold of a stable. Imagine. Yeah. I can imagine a robbery gone wrong. You realise, fuck, I have a lord in my arms that I've just tried to rob. Bury the cunt. That would... To me, that supports the theory that it was a robbery gone wrong. Yeah. 
And that's the simplest, you know, that's Occam's razor, you know. Mm. That's the simplest explanation. Mm. There's, a, there's a few pieces that still don't make sense. The bullet holes. Nobody heard any gunshots. Yeah. Now, the gunshots, it sounded like it, it would have, if, if there was shooting taking place, it might have taken it place in that forest. That's where they found the pants, right? Yeah, but the pants weren't there when the first Von Klitzen investigation happened. Dum, right. dum, dum. Right, right. On the skeleton, though, there is proof that it wasn't a gun that, that done him in, right? Correct. Uh, it looks as though he was killed with a blunt instrument. Um, so the back of the skull uh, had a big, was kind of caved in. When they found the skeleton, though, it's under the threshold. It's fairly manky. There's no face, I'm saying. Face is the first thing to go. No clothes. It might have been there a while. Probably. Yeah. And found, as far as my recollection from when I read it, almost 50 years later. Is that what it was? 19, yeah. 18, 1852. 52. So you got a good, like, 40-something years of decomposition there. Correct. You're getting bones. Getting bones, mm. faces fall away. Yeah, couldn't be identified by the family, or positively, mm. uh, even though it had perfect teeth, as the story goes. Really, uh, not a not a surf's teeth, not a, a a peasant's mouth, not a peasant's tooth to be seen yes. in that skull. Yes, white pearly whites, mm. uh, and one lower molar removed, which shows removed like looked like surgically. So mm. there was there was you know it wasn't a break, it wasn't rotted, it didn't fall out. Uh, through neglect didn't it, it wasn't broken from a like a fight like in the skull in the jaw it was removed properly so that shows some level of at least dentistry sophisticated yeah, dentistry right. so like you one could surmise that that possibly could be Bathurst's uh, uh, skeleton got a bop in the back of the head had lovely teeth the English aren't known for their lovely teeth but I mean mm. better than German fucking peasants who are scavenging in the woods for food some yeah, it it it's it's it seems it seems likely then that he didn't run away, that it wasn't uh, him trying to start a new life, and that he was in fact killed, whether it was by uh, a serf or uh, someone in the village, the Frenchman. They say that it could have been the barman in the White Swan, that he was looking at the coins that he was tossing over from his very hefty coin purse. Uh, he saw the brooches and the the rings and bracelets that adorned him, and uh, you know, some of that. yeah, I'll have a bit of that. I could take this guy. I could take this dandy. As he was leaving, uh, uh, um, Kraus was a little bit behind him, so he went around the other side of the thing. It was like headlock, shh, 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 bopped or bop at the back of the head, and then pulled into a headlock, and then dragged into a place. I, I mean, like is Kraus looking at the ground for drag marks? Is he doing a fucking? A MacGyver, and is he doing like a Lone Ranger on it? Like you know, oh, looking for evidence on the ground. A, a bear grills. Oh, he's gone this way. Like, did that happen? No, no. He got a bop in the back of the head. Headlock pulled away somewhere. Rifle through. Took his jocks. Fucked him away in the thing, and then came back later. Obviously moved the body. Came back later and buried him under this, the threshold of a. a, a, a do we a trust? Do we trust Kraus? That's the thing. Was he in on it? Was he, was, I, I, I couldn't find a background in him. Was he like a loyal subject? Hmm. They traveled all the way to Austria together. Maybe he just fucked them off so much with all his, you know, royal pontification. Carry Maybe Krauss was like, I don't like this guy. It was an Austrian envoy, so it wasn't, he wasn't anyone loyal to Britain. Sure. And after Austria got their fucking arse handed to them by Napoleon, maybe Krauss was like, fuck it, I have nothing to lose. Quite possibly. I'm going to get this guy's jacket. Maybe yeah. that nice brooch. My wife would like it. Um, yeah, they, they they even asked over some of his family to try and identify the remains. They couldn't do that. 
Another body was found in what's called a marl pit. So anyone in Ireland knows what that is, a marl hole. Uh, but it couldn't be identified as Bathurst either. So like two bodies found in this Perleberg, little small town, not really, you know, murder central. It's not fucking New York or London. And uh, none of them could be identified as Bathurst, even though positively identified, like it could be him. I, I, I'm putting my money on the... I wonder, does the skeleton still exist? I mean, could it could it be retrospectively today with I, advances I, in technology? I, I would imagine so. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Does Batters have dental records in London somewhere that could be? Well, if you went for if you we went for dentistry and they pulled it out, I don't know if they kept dental records back yeah, then. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Um, so just to, to finish up, some little like the, this case you probably haven't heard of, right? But this story has prompted some contemporary fiction. And uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a strange mystery that is pretty much under the radar. Like I didn't hear about it until I went researching. I didn't uh, hear about it either for yeah. some true crime episodes. Bathurst and his story ignited the imagination of many writers and poets as well. And in a science fiction story from nineteen forty eight from H. Beam Piper called "He Walked Around the Horses," it's told uh, that Bathurst character named Bathurst slipped into an alternate dimension which diverged from our one in uh, 1777. Like, that's a pretty far-fetched science fiction story from the late 40s. Uh, another story from a guy called Lionel Fanthorpe sees Bathurst not disappearing, but traveling through time in what's called a time echo to destroy a cruel future dictator uh, and a tyrant uh, as <laughs> with Bathurst fueled by his hatred of Napoleon. Napoleon He's like, yeah. I'm not going to let a, another dictator take over. And this was uh, uh, written in the 40s as well, so with the, the burgeoning... Uh, tyrannical power of Stalin probably fueled that fantasy to get rid of Stalin you know to get get Bathurst into the future uh, and it's uh, it did in, um, influence the Jean-Claude Van Damme classic Time Cop you think? I, I, well, I mean Time Echo Time Cop I would like to see a modern ad- adaptation of this where Jean-Claude Van Damme plays, plays Bathurst. Bathurst oh my god and he sounds like like f- he could be from like French like I'm going to go around the horses I think so, yeah. And change the world. What? <laughs> this summer, <laughs> we're going around the horses. Like, it's going to happen, man. Uh, Avram Davidson, in the book Masters of the Maze, sees Bathurst's character, uh, the solver of a mysterious maze which traverses space and time in the fifth dimension where some of the intellectual giants of the time are living and learning about humanity like Socrates and all these guys that didn't die but just went into this alternate reality in through, they, they solved the maze of like the physical realm, like something like Doctor Strange or they go like, and they go into a separate like nether zone uh, and Bathurst is in there like talking talk all about his politics. I don't think he was that important, but obviously Avram Davidson thought it was important enough to mention. Um, fucking strange case, Peter. Bizarre stuff. Bizarre, Bizarre. stuff. Yeah. And the older the older it is, the harder it is to pinpoint what exactly happened. But the politics of the time are paramount to understand maybe what happened to him. And it's one of these things, you know, like they have the fucking Mormons in America based on stuff from 200 years ago. And it's like word for word verbatim. These guys are performing this shit day in, day out, living their life by it. So stuff from 200 years ago may not be that inconsequential. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Maybe may, may, maybe we'll learn more in the future. Maybe there's some record somewhere in, in some uh, French. Get, get uh, that skull. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. some Napoleon's diary going, fuck that bastard, bastard. <laughs> just find some footnote somewhere. So what we do on uh, those conspiracy guys, we get off the fence. Um, so I just ask you, which do you think is the most plausible method of death? Was it Napoleon? Was it um, de, de Augustinier? 
uh, Delornay or whatever his name was did he do it to get the weapons was it just a robbery uh, was his skull bashed in and he was buried under a stable did he disappear could he have gone into an alternate dimension we didn't even touch on that because probably bullshit but like could that have happened is that a thing like spontaneous human combustion where you just like go up and smoke he could be uh, he could be fighting crime in the future as we speak right. that is possible I think it's probably more likely uh, he got it was a mugging gone wrong do you think mugging gone wrong I think so Okay, I would like to lean on my side of the fence that it was a political assassination because it's way more exciting that he had the list of spies and Delaunay made the moves on behalf of the Russians and French to win back favor from them, uh, thus betraying the British and getting a stiletto in the head a mere three years later for his troubles. Do you think Delaunay killed Bathurst with a stiletto? That was what the hole in the head was. Do you think Delorne hit him a couple of times in the think, leg? Do you think Delorne uh, disguised himself um, as a barmaiden <laughs> in the in the White Swan? And, he, and and Bathurst was like, "Why does that Frau have exquisite stilettos? Uh, those stilettos are exquisite for a surf. They are not. They they are not going to be usable on this like marshy Bavarian ground. It's, it's She's never like, going to get across. They're the so yard. impractical. It's so impractical. And yet, Alluring. a couple of hours later, <laughs> he heard the he heard the pitter patter of stilettos in the pavement behind him as he was getting into the carriage, and then it was all over. Yeah, it definitely could be. I wonder about those. I wonder about those jocks, man. The jocks are the thing that get me with the note in it saying, marry, marry someone else. Naming the fucking guy with bullet holes, as they say, it could be in stiletto holes. Like, why were those jocks put back in the forest after the inspection? That's the fucking thing. Unless somebody was trying to pin it on Devereaux. Yeah. It's strange. It is strange. Well, that's it for this time on Those Conspiracy Guys. That was Benjamin Bathurst and his crazy disappearance. Uh, all that leaves me to do is thank Peter Flanagan uh, for, for joining me on this show. Really great crack. And uh, you can catch Peter on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, thanks very much for joining me, man. No, thank you, Gordon. Cheers. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Goodbye.